Hey everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in. Welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Commentaries. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, the, cha- uh, the chapter 4 of the Mandalorian series. This one's called Sanctuary. Um, we've got uh, myself, Lee, joining us <laughs> today. We've got Chuck. How's it going, guys? And, and of course, uh, I'm Will, not Lee. <laughs> I did say Lee this time, right? <laughs> All right. So, glad to have you back, Chuck. Um, I guess you didn't do such a bad job last time, so we decided to have you join us. So, oh, thanks. Yeah, and we're going to let you speak this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad your tongue grew back. Um, I'm the one who actually pushed for this because I think you're a, good, uh, you're a good medium to keep me and Lee on track, <laughs> kind of. Uh, we tend to tangent a lot, so... <laughs> seeing yeah. as how seeing as how these episodes are kind of short, it, this should not take that long. I mean, last week uh, we did pretty good. I still think we went a little long last week, and that's because we went off into like three different directions. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. It was a good episode, so I can see how it happens. So before before we get into it, how did you feel about um, episode three, Chuck? I loved episode three. It was one of my. Uh, out of the four of them so far, I think it was my favorite one. You get to see a lot of action in it. I'm a huge action buff. Um, you get to see his true ability when it comes to a good fight. Um, and more of the people that he's actually, you know, part of the Mandalorians that he's with, getting to, getting to see, uh, see them all come out um, and, you know, kind of partner up together and, and just go at it, and it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal episode, in my opinion. Definitely, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I like that you get to see that he goes from being a bounty hunter to almost having that human touch when he misses Baby Yoda after he gives him away. Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think one thing that we're starting to see as this series goes on is like he comes in very cold, very calculated, very. Uh, <laughs> equilibrium cleric like you know mm-hmm. and as the show goes on he starts to gain some more of that compassion that understanding he's like you know what i would love to just live life you know and be a person yeah you know and not just do this and we get a lot more of that here in this this next episode that we're talking about right um which there's a few parts in here that i you know now my third viewing of it i was like okay now i'm really like it kind of drove home some of the thoughts i had after my second viewing so, um, did you have anything you want to say about it, Will? Uh, about this episode? Not really. I mean, we can get yeah, to those. Yeah, like right off the bat. We can, we can, we can get into it deeper as we go along. Um, I love this episode. As so far, it's my favorite of the four. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. For, for a few different reasons. Um, okay. One that I'm sure you'll disagree with, but um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say for right now. I'm going to wait till later so that we don't get off into any kind of backwards area right now we can wait we can hold off but yes i love this episode it's my favorite of the four wow okay good to know yeah well i mean we pretty much start right off um we don't see the mandalorian right off the bat do we no we pretty much start right off with um the natives fishing right so we open up with that and we see them out there they're getting their little you know what they call them krill um which Okay. Crawfish. The crawfish. Yeah. So they get the crawfish. Um, they're little nuclear crawfish. They're trans. Uh, what the, the, they're, the, they're they're colorful. The blue <laughs> the blue crabs. Yeah. You can get those for an aquarium, dude. That that blue. Yeah, that blue. 
There's blue, there's oh, red, a- and then there's like regular. Not, they're not crawfish. They're like um, they're like a species of shri- shrimp. Yeah, they were like glowing though. Yeah, yeah. They're, a lot of the, the the blue ones tend to give off this kind of a glow effect. Google it, dude. They look really cool, and you don't think that they should exist, but they exist. I'm sure in this episode they put some kind of some kind of glow effect on them to just like make them pop more. But yeah, that's kind of what they look like. Okay. <laughs> but all right, so we see that um, they're fishing, and then y- you see a couple of you know. You you hear like all this stuff going on, and you hear this sound coming, and then you get these big gunshots that come out, and you hear something that sounds like a T Rex, like Jurassic Park T Rex. Oh, it's a blue velvet shrimp. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it sounded like a T Rex to me. So it was funny because it was like they didn't make it like obvious and hear the mechanical legs going because we obviously know that this is an ATST. I immediately knew this was an ATST. Just of how high the shots came in, like the like you could see the shots fired and just like the angle that they came in from, and then you get the sound in the background. I'm like, okay, it's it's an ATST. I immediately knew. Yeah, no, it, it makes total sense that that's what it would have been, but. But they tried to throw you off by putting different sounds there. And that was the thing that I was kind of getting at there. So it was interesting that they used, like, you know, the Spielberg T-Rex sound. I was like, what? What is this? Okay. Um, So that goes through. And then suddenly you've got these, I mean, I was going to call them orcs. Because basically they were orcs. They were like Ugnaughts mixed with the orcs. We were calling them the Orcnaughts. So um, they come running in there. They're pillaging. They're plundering. And you know, real, like just stealing all this stuff and then they hide and it's like, okay, this is pretty much like, here's the layout of this episode, you know. <laughs> um, we know what's going to happen here. We, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that something's going to happen. He's going to get involved in it and, okay, let's see how this goes. I feel like this has been done multiple times in so many shows. I mean, it's basically the basis of Star Trek and Doctor Who, you know. Somebody has a problem. This character comes along and fixes it for them. You know, it's not his problem, but he gets caught in the middle of it somehow. Okay. Good way to set it up. We haven't seen that so much yet. You know, it's all been about him and his own mission, so it's nice to see him kind of branch off. And this also plays on to what we were talking about, about him having a little bit more humanity and something happening. So, um, you know, we're seeing things kind of come through. And Okay, okay, I like it. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I want to say right off the bat, I mean, I know it's the ending of it that I, re- I realized it, but Bryce Dallas Howard actually directed this episode. Um I don't know who directed the other two. I thought it was Favreau, but I didn't really... I think this is going to be like a lot of modern television where you're going to have multiple directors come in. But, you know, the uh, the EP and, you know, the written by credits, they're always going to go to John Favreau. Kind of like... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that's kind of what this yeah, is. Yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting to see that Dallas uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed it. And, it. and it kind of explained why it had this kind of a feel to it. I'm like, okay, I can see her directing this. And that makes total sense. Okay. Um, so we see that happening. Here's the big setup. And then we get to we get to BY there, our, our little buddy. <laughs> and he's touching buttons. And anybody who's ever had a child <laughs> really understands this entire scene. And the first time I missed a couple of parts about it. And the second time I laughed so hard because it reminds me specifically of one of my daughters. Um, so he's in there, we just see him in the ship, and they're flying around, and he's touching buttons. He's touching the same green button He's, tu- he's touching again. this green button, and he's just like, you know, don't do that. <laughs> Not Schwarzenegger, but just like, hey, cut that out. Stop touching things. Don't touch things. 
He's, he's clearly getting it. He's the annoyed dad. Like, stop doing this. What's the matter with you? <laughs> but the funniest part about it is Astri tells him to stop doing it. He stops. Baby Yoda looks him in the eye and leans without even looking and presses a red button that, like, makes the ship, like, jolt around. <laughs> and he's doing it staring in the face like, I'm doing what you told me not to. <laughs> he does it. And it was just, it was great. It was, it was a great little piece of humor right off the bat. And you're like, okay, Baby Yoda is totally going to steal this episode. And I think he, he, he did because um, he kind of brought everything back multiple times in this show. It's like, it's getting serious. It's getting serious. Oh, Baby Yoda. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, he's cute. And he's like hilarious. So, all right. I this get is that. where a 50-year-old child actually fits. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Baby Yoda so far, Will? I didn't like this, but that may be because I don't have kids, so I can't relate in yeah. that matter. Um, yeah. But this, <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny for what it is. Um, I don't know, when a show like this, I'd like to see, like, we should have, in my opinion, I think we should have been done with the cutesy in the first couple of episodes. Like, that's the time when you're first introducing Baby Yoda. For it to be yeah, cute. but but now we're going we're going beyond cutesy, and now we're getting mischievous. Exactly, and that's I mean, Which I th- I'm I'm sure that there's an audience <laughs> out there that's for that, and that's probably why that this is in there for parents, you know, and you know everybody's sitting around and your kids are there, and you can relate to that, and it's supposed to be an ah moment. It doesn't touch mm. with me, and like I'm gonna say it again, it's because I don't have kids. I understand that, but I'm right. it's for me, it's getting beyond cute. And it's just going into silly. Like, now it's just becoming silly. Like, this isn't... This one scene, I don't feel like this is a Star Wars scene. I feel like this is a parody of Star Wars. Like, this is something you would see on Robot Chicken. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I like it. I thought it was great. I, I laughed so hard. I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I didn't think it took away from it too much. I thought it was definitely a different style of humor that you see, you know, that you don't see in Star Wars. But I, I thought it was it was it was a a fresh take on it. It was definitely a Favreau take, you know, like with with what he was doing. He's like he's doing this. If he wrote it, which he did, it's like okay, yeah, it was done. It was done. I think in my in my opinion, very well. But anyway, um, he starts looking around and he gets to this line, and it's funny. I, I feel like <clears throat> we're really getting a bigger sense now that he he did his job. He has admitted to all of us that he's actually taking – he wants to take care of this being, you know, and, and rescue it. Um, he's now starting to talk to it like, hey, you know, we're going to go lay low over here. No one's going to find us here, you know, and it's like, huh. He's like talking to him like, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Like that's my job right now to take care of you. And I, it was – you kind of get that throughout here. It's like his main goal is to make sure that the two of them are in a safe spot so he can – you know, do what he needs to do, and you know, as we see later on, he's really just trying to find the safest place for this little thing, which is um, really, <laughs> which is which is really weird because isn't this baby Yoda? Isn't it being tracked by its DNA or something along those lines? Yeah. Like, how does he I, imagine? I how. how does he imagine that this is just going to be easy? Just let's just lay low and let everything kind of go away. Like, did he just yeah, forget? I, did you just forget how the I mean, tracking system works? I think we all kind worked? of forgot, too. It's like he's going to get away. Like, what else is going to happen here? Like, he has to find some way, in which this is what he kind of recognized as this episode went on. It's like they have to find a way to, like, 
stop that tracking system. Exactly. You know? there's, there's no other way that he's going to be free because they can't just go somewhere off the grid and be like, oh, good, you know, no one's going to find us because, no, everybody will. They all have tracking fobs, every single member of the guild. So I wonder if that will be the underlining <coughs> tone for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Is it that you're you just know, running? Yeah, him running, but not running, but protecting Baby Yoda. And then in every episode will be another bounty hunter coming after him in its own, you know, little section of the uni- the galaxy. Yeah, I think we know at this point it's it's just gonna it's gonna continue on, and we're gonna see tons of of back and forth between him and other bounty hunters. I agree. That's kind of yeah. what I'm on to. And here's my first reason of why this is my favorite episode of the four that we've seen so far. Um, there is an opportunity here, like every TV show and every movie, to you know drop a major plot point for the sake of the story, and they don't do it. They bring it back around by the end of this thing. Not to jump too oh, far yeah. ahead, but we have a bounty hunter coming along, tracking Baby Yoda, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was about exactly. to, because when I first saw this, and I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to lay low for two months, and this thing is being tracked all over the galaxy? I was about to <laughs> rip this episode apart. Like, what, oh, what, yeah, what is right. going on here? Like, you're four episodes in, and you're already, like, dropping these massive plot points that got the series yeah, started in then... the first place, and it comes back around, and that, bravo. Like, that's, you yeah. know... So that's the first reason why. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. So we see this. Um, he's getting ready to go, and he goes, hey, stay right here. And it goes back to the whole thing where it's like, this baby Yoda is just not going to let go of him. He's not going to leave him alone. And the way they cut it was perfect, where he's like, hey, stay right here. And they don't show him, like, sneak out or anything like that. We show the door open, the Mandalorian's there, and baby Yoda didn't listen at all. He's just standing right there. The door comes down, <laughs> there he is. He's like... Oh, uh, what the heck? Okay, here we go. <laughs> and he just keeps on going. So there's that. Um, uh, goes out there and looks around. They find this local pub with a really nice waitress. You know, probably the nicest character I've seen in <laughs> in the show or, you know, most Star Wars stuff. Like, she's a very nice person. And she. it was funny because she was... She was being nice and friendly and waitress, you know, waitressy. This is such a remote area where she doesn't even understand what a bribe is. Exactly. And I thought that was really cool. Like I she thought was it was like, cool, uh, too. Thank you, sir. You know, like, I don't understand. Like, he's trying to get information. She goes, wow, you're paying me now? Cool. What a nice tip. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'm going to give you a flag and a spot yeah. just for good measure. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, <laughs> okay. wow, this is this place is really out there. Like, they haven't had much of either, like, Empire or Resistance come around these parts in a long exactly. time. For her. She doesn't even exactly. understand that this is, a, that was amazing. I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So, um, so he sees this other woman over there who's staring at him, and that's where he's trying to get the information from the waitress, and then he goes and follows her outside because he sees that she's missing. Kind of strange that he just walked away from Baby Yoda, you know? Like, that's because he's still very wary about everything, but he still just was like, all right, whatever, got up and, and walked after her. Well, not then he pulls really. the predator. Well, he asked the waitress to watch Baby Yoda. Exactly. He asked the waitress to watch. And at that point, there's really only like one threat in the room that he sees. 
So <laughs> the big cat. <laughs> well, the, not the big cat. I'm talking about the the, the shady woman who disappears the, right, suddenly. Right, right. Like that's the one threat in the room that the Mandalorian sees. So obviously, that's what he's going to go after. You know, everything else right. in the room is kind of you know benign and very nonviolent. It's not. I completely understand why he did that. We go through it. Um, he goes out and he does basically this predator heat vision thing on his helmet Yeah. Um, to go follow the footsteps. Now, I want to go back to one thing. Chuck said something earlier today that just kind of blew my mind because I remember in, we were talking about the first and second episode, and he was fighting the Mudhorn, and he goes into the cave, and he had the, the helmet. He had a flashlight coming out the side, yep. and you said it reminded you of Predator. I'm like, yep. yeah, that's what it is, Predator. But I'm like, maybe Predator. No, it was something else. And then yeah, and Chuck was, was something gonna, else. I was going to say it when we watched it, but... Um, it actually gave me the flashback of the helmet for Raphael on TMNT, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, similar helmet, similar setup. Um, when he has the lights on, it he actually had two gave me that. Lights coming out of the side. The same, the same style, same setup as his helmet on that movie. Did you ever see that, Will? Nope. Okay. You've- yeah, that's it's it's actually spot on. He had two flashlights that came on either side of this really cool helmet that almost looked Mandalorian. I mean, for that for that cartoon or I mean animated movie. Right. But yeah, it was pre- it was pretty spot on. Um but he goes out there. They have a pretty cool fight and they're totally equally matched. Really? You know, it's it w- Really? I think she had him. Eh, I think I think she surprised him. He didn't realize that she was that good of a fighter. So I think the two of them, I mean, they got to a point where they're at a stalemate. They both had guns at their heads. Dude, this girl rocked his world. When she hit him with that haymaker and he just face-planted into the dirt, that's game, set, (laughs) and match. That was the best part. Yeah. The fight's over. The fight's over. If there were no guns in that situation, fight over. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. If, if, not to give the next part away, but if baby Yoda hadn't (laughs) shown up, she would have... I even said it. We were watching. I said she manhandled him the whole time. Oh, oh yeah, the whole oh, she totally way manhandled through. Him. Oh yeah, baby Yoda accidentally saved his life. Yeah, yeah. baby Yoda just sitting there. <laughs> you just hear this sound of sipping, just like this. You just hear, and you look up, and there's baby Yoda just drinking the soup. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Want some soup? Want some soup? <laughs> It was it was great, you know, and I think and that brought it back down to like, well, clearly, you know. But, um, okay, so the the question here now is, how long was he standing here watching him just completely get manhandled? Well, I don't know, but do you think that he was gonna like, you know, do his little force paw thing? No, there I just think that away? he was enjoying the show. Like this is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was like, oh, this is fun. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here. I got my soup, and oh look, a fight! All right, I'm all set. <laughs> can I can I add this part to it? If you go back and you watch a lot of the the movies in the original trilogy, in my opinion, you had there's always a comic relief in the original trilogy. It was always R two and three PO. Yep, it was kind of like your back and forth. When they did the prequels with one, two, and three in Phantom Menace, they tried they overdid it with Jar Jar Binks. Um. I think what's going from here, Favreau's doing a really good job just using Baby Yoda as the comic relief, but not doing it so much that it's irritating like right. Jar Jar. Um, and it's not 
directly in your face, like with 3PO and R2-D2. Yeah. Um, but he does a really good job. Actually, you know, he's doing things that are funny instead of just always saying something that's outright funny. Right. I think I think that's good, too, because the way that they have it, they don't it, they could go over the top with it. Like he could have gone way over the top with this baby Yoda type character. He's 50 years old, which I mean, you would think at 50, maybe they might pick up some language and be like, hmm, drinking broth. I am, you know, and that would have been like, OK, yep, great. But it's it's great. It's better that he's just quiet. It's a quiet character. And you just kind of pick up the the emotion and the chemistry between the two of them is great as it is. And. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a great little comic relief part right. that they did it. It's it's subtle. It's not over the top. It's not, you know, Jar Jar Binks putting his head between the power couplings and, you know, my tongue, 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 oh, you know. It's, yeah, we don't need to see that anymore. By I 100%, way, uh, just, I 100% agree with this, and I think what adds to it is you have, you have the comedic relief of a baby Yoda who can't talk palling around with a guy and you can't see his face or his emotions so they can kind of play off each other a little bit with that and I think they exactly. do that really well in this episode. They do. Big time. Big time. Um, just so you know, in case you didn't know already, they're rolling at a new like TV game show with the guy who plays Jar Jar Binks. Oh, okay. Um, and it's and it's it's like a Disney show. Oh, God. Think think back to, like, the Nickelodeon shows. Oh, like my Double God. Double Bear, Te- uh, Temple, what was it, uh, Raiders of the Lost Temple? What, no, what le- le- Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I'm like, just let me, let me just rip off all the all the Indiana Jones movies in one title. Um, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Crusade. <laughs> was Double Dare... In a temple. Was Double, was Double Dare the one where they always had, like, somebody at the end of it reaching up something's nose? No, Double Dare no. was the one they all got slimed if they didn't make it. Oh, yeah. There was a slime. Yeah, it was oh, a nose, slime. Was that like... Uh, there was like this was giant a, nose that you had to reach up I, and, I get, like, the the, nose. and get yeah. the golden ticket or whatever it was up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Jar Jar Binks is going to be running a show like that. And the whole point is that these kids are supposed to like compete in these challenges to become a Jedi Knight. This sounds stupid. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but the more I think about it, the more I go, but hey, <laughs> that is a huge cash cow. <laughs> I mean, it is. They're going to yeah. keep milking it. And honestly, it might not be bad, and I might even watch it. It's going to be on, uh, from what I heard, it's going to be on Disney Plus next year. Yeah, I'm not watching this. So, <laughs> I don't know. I What's might just check it out. I, I almost watched the holiday special uh, earlier today with my kids after snow blowing. And uh, by the way, yeah, we got like two feet of snow <laughs> in like a 30-hour window. It's we got, been crazy we, up here. We got about a good foot. Oh, dude, it's been nuts up here. Yeah. I was off work for the past two days. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let's move on here. Equal fight. And then, okay, so we get back. He's just like, okay, well, um, he's talking to her, finds out that she's like a drop soldier from the rebellion or whatever, and she's just kind of like finding a place to hang, to you know, lay low and just kind of live a life and whatever. And okay, so he looks over at Baby Yoda, and I, I think this is where I kind of I thought about it now, and I, I kind of agree with you. Like he knows that he, that she was pretty good at fighting. Um, actually, uh, the her her name, I mean, the actress herself is uh, Gia, uh, Gina Carano. Uh, and she's she used to I mean she's done a lot of train uh, with Muay Thai, and uh, um, competitive like mis- mixed martial arts. So she's that she's explains like a, fighter. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so she's been in a bunch of different things, but her um the last thing I saw her in was Deadpool. She was Angel Dust in Deadpool. Mm. That's why she looked familiar. I was like, oh, that's why I knew her something. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, um okay, here so is So her character Cara Dune um uh or Cara Dune was uh basically yeah, she was left there or whatever to fight and there's nothing else to fight, so she's just kind of like hanging tough, right? That's kind of what I got. There's also a little piece of dialogue from her that suggests that she did a job or two jobs for some um, Imperial generals or for the Imperial army after the Empire had fallen. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's really interesting to me that you have what's left of the Empire um, hiring their enemies to do their bidding. Right. Right. I just think that's I just really think that's weird. a that's a really cool like little subtle thing that they threw into this episode and that had me intrigued. He's getting ready to fly out. Well actually he looks over it and basically says, Well, I guess this planet's taken. So he's recognizing, well, you know, she was here first and she could probably kick my butt. So <laughs> I guess we're gonna get out of here, man. And then as he's trying to leave, these two guys show up. One of them I feel like it should have been casted by uh, uh it should it should have been Aziz Ansari. You know, it seems like they they were doing these cameos, and they're not they're not they started off with with two cameos, like two pretty big cameos in the first episode, and then we haven't seen that many afterwards. I mean, Carl Weathers, of course, but I I was expecting more cameos to show up in this series, you know, at this point, but they're not. But anyway, they come up and they're like, "Hey, you need to save us. You know, we've got some money. We've got all we have for money." And it's like, "Yeah, not enough. Nope, sorry, can't help you out. I'm not a mercenary. Get out of here." And then uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to go." All the way back into the middle of nowhere. He's like, middle of nowhere. Hmm, sounds pretty good. All right. You got lodging? He's like, yeah. He's like, get my stuff. Let's go. So give me that money. I'm going to go get her to help out because you got something that needs to get done. And the two of us could probably do it. And he, and he likes her. He respects her. He thinks that, you know what? We can make this work. So let's go ahead and take care of this. And this works out for both of us because they can clear some of the riffraff, you know, and find a safe place to lay low. All right. Cool. So, um, they go out there. I'll take the job. This is another reason why I love this episode. We're getting into it right now. Um, I want to go back to something that the two of you said before, how we're seeing a lot more humanity and and kindness from the Mandalorian. But here Mm. we have him making the very irresponsible decision of bringing a hunted baby Yoda to a peaceful farmer village. Yep. Just saying. Which, which again, goes back to what you were saying earlier about, like, well, why are they doing this? Like, did they forget that they were all these trackers and, like, everybody in the guild has a tracker? Um, yeah, that is pretty dumb. But he, I, I think he was just kind of hoping that they wouldn't find him. See, that's the thing. They wouldn't I don't track think, him that far. I don't think and it I, And was... I, think that's, I think later on it kind of comes to play where he says, hey, we caused quite a stir up around here. Probably a good idea to, to get moving because, you know, it's probably going to draw some attention. And he doesn't want the attention because if it's drawing attention, like the tracker doesn't just go. I, I don't know how the trackers work. You know, I mean, that's it's a pretty long distance if they're like galaxies away <laughs> or whatever. But or either or way, I don't, I don't know systems away from each other. I don't know if that tracker's going to pull them off there and they're going to see it. All I mean, the tracker, all it does is beep. I don't know. The, the reason so people fly around and hope they find it. The reason the reason why I love this is because while there is um some type of there there is some humanity creeping up in him and i think it's solely 
it's solely because of Baby Yoda and the relationship that he has with this creature. Everybody else is expendable. Everybody Mm -hmm. else that he encounters so far is expendable. Like, yeah, by the end of this, he kind of wants to leave. You know, he doesn't want the attention. But right Mm -hmm. now in this moment, okay, uh, farm village in the middle of nowhere. All right, fine. Let's go. Like, this is, wow, man. That's that's kind of cold. That's kind of cold. I, that's why I liked it because it's just not you, yeah. you. You don't have, you don't have this morally righteous character. You have somebody who's being very in between and kind of gray making this decision, and I just think yeah. it makes well, for that, I just think it makes for a better overall character in my opinion. That poses a question for me as well too. Is I mean we know that he knows how the tracking system works because he obviously found him in the first place mm-hmm. in episode one. Right. Uh, but if he knows, maybe this is the quote unquote humanity coming through him because as humans, we all make emotional decisions, which become sometimes stupid decisions. Right. And instead of thinking like a bounty hunter, he's thinking like someone who cares to somebody. He's even putting aside the relevance that I know how he's being tracked, therefore others must know how to track him right. and not even having that be part of his thought process and hiding him. Right. And he's probably, he probably stopped taking this prosium too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Back on the prosium. <laughs> well, he's not thinking clerically, right? He's going to go back to equilibrium and, and no, no, but that's regiment. my point. I think he is thinking clearly. I just don't think he cares about these farmers. Well, right, right, right. That's my whole thing. I, I don't think he cares at all about them or or their safety or well-being. His top priority right now is to protect Baby Yoda and get Baby Yoda to safety. That does not include right. protecting anybody else that you meet along the way. In the beginning. Yeah, well, in think, the beginning. I think, his, I think beginning. his opinion of that changes as we watch the it, rest of it. This episode is a really <laughs> big breaking point for his, um, for his like, cold-calculated personality like right. he's really he's that that's I, I like this episode because we're starting to get a little bit more because we're finally we're beyond what's he gonna do what's he gonna do it's like okay now we know that he's got to he's got to struggle not just about what to do with the kid but what to do with himself you know what to do with what what's his plan what's he doing right now like where's he going he has no idea would would he make the same decision if he came across i don't know a small army I don't know. If he came across a group of people who could clearly defend themselves and were just fine, and he, like, mingled in with them, would he make the same decision? Wow, I caused a stir up. Maybe I should leave. Or would he just stay because they all know how to fight? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Oh, we don't know. So, (laughs) they pay. He gets on on their their little, um, little cart, you know, pulled by an R2 unit. Which we see is like a, a common thing around this time. It's just they get all these uh, Johnny cabs or what was that? What was that cab from uh, Total Recall? The original. It was a Johnny cab. It was it a Johnny cab? That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a Johnny cab. You know, just like a torso <laughs> that's pulling the thing around. Oh man, I love that movie. <laughs> I hope the you original, enjoyed the right? ride. <laughs> the original, right? <laughs> yeah. Not the new one. No, the new one was horrible with Kate Beckinsale just wa- walking after him for. You know, the entire 25 minutes that she's in it. Huh? In Bullseye. In Bullseye? Oh, jeez. You're going to call him Bullseye? We're going to chalk up all of Colin Farrell's career 
to, to the bullseye. worst movie ever. <laughs> but anyway, no, we're Johnny Cab. So they're they're carting him around. He gets on whatever. Um, <laughs> gets in there. They go down. He gets into his his hut that he's gonna be staying at. And what did, what did you say it was? Was that Moana's mom? You said it was no. Um, whatever. No, you said winter was coming. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so <laughs> the woman's there. Hey, is this lodging okay for you? I hope that everything's fine. And he's like, yep, everything's good. Yep, thank you. This is this is great. This is, yep, should be good. And then the little girl sneaks over to kind of take a peek, and he, like, jumps up, like, all PTSD quick draw on her. Hold on, hold on. She's just concerned. This is my daughter, Winta. Now... I didn't realize until earlier today, and I laughed. So Pedro Pedro Pascal is from Game of Thrones, and he jumped because winter was coming. Big stretch. Wow, <laughs> that is a big stretch. Big I just, stretch. I I I'm just wondering. Maybe it's a tiny little joke, and somebody else realized it and laughed about it. But I'm sorry, winter's coming. <laughs> so he jumped. Okay. I don't See, know. See, that took... Maybe, that, that maybe took, if I watched Game of Thrones... That it took make... eight seasons. This took four episodes. I know. So I don't think that well, actually... There yeah. we go. Winter came a lot quicker here. <laughs> um, okay. He gets there, looks around. They start talking about the whole showing his face thing. When was the last time you showed you showed your face to anybody? And basically, it's like, since he was 10, you know, was much older than the kids. And she's like, wow, you just never took your helmet off in front of somebody? He's like, no, this is the way. So, all right. <sighs> We're we're getting back into this whole the greater good, <laughs> the cult thing. It's like I can't take my helmet off because this is the way. Unless he, he's eating, he can't take his helmet off because that is the way. And then he takes his helmet off right in front of an open window. Right. So here's where the breaking point <laughs> is in the episode, and this is what I want to talk about. So I I saw that I'm like he took his helmet off and he's eating. It's like we finally saw his helmet not on his head. And it made me think, you know what? He's not like deliberately standing in front of somebody taking his helmet off, but he did take it off in the vicinity of other people. So technically, he's still kind of okay, but it shows that he really wants to kind of connect. Mingle. Mingle, yeah. It, it, show, it shows that he wants to, he's trying to break out of it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And that's, so at first I was kind of like, but, but they can see him. But then I watched it again, I'm kind of like, well. I mean, maybe this is where he's trying to. If if you know, one if one of off. those kids playing with that baby Yoda looked up, they could clearly see his face. They would have clearly oh, like, yeah. okay, there's his face. He doesn't have his mask on anymore. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they wouldn't think much of it, but I mean, whatever. It's not like they'd be like his face, his face, his face. But I mean, <laughs> whatever. But and I think that's where he was kind of getting at, where that's where it's showing, like, where you see him kind of, like, waver a, little, a few times where the thought of him sticking around and not, you know, going off on his spaceship and flying around the, the you know, the galaxy. You know, you see where he's like, yeah, he might be okay with that, living a simple life. And it keeps on kind of coming up throughout the rest of the episode. But we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, sits down. Hey, let's figure out what's going on. So he and Kara go out and they start searching through the woods. He's got his predator vision going on, looks around. Oh, they were over here. They were over there. Something huge came through here and ripped off those branches. They look down. Ah, ATST tracks. All right. We're going to get to see an ATST. Yep. Pretty cool. I like the ATST. Last time we saw one in action, 
Chewbacca popped out of it after he killed a couple of stormtroopers. Pretty cool. Let's see where this goes. So um, they go back and they're like, hey, um, there's an ATST out there, and uh, you all got to have to move. Yeah, you guys got to move. <laughs> and they're like, well, that was great. Let me try. Oh, well, hey, uh, sorry, guys, but it doesn't seem like a safe place. You all are going to have to move. <laughs> like, nope, we've been here for multiple generations. You know, we're not going anywhere. Well, then I guess we have to teach you how to fight. I love how she like chastises him a little bit for his bedside manner, but then she really oh, yeah. doesn't do she doesn't do a very good job either. No, I know she did the exact same thing. She the exact <laughs> same thing. Like you gotta move. Ah, uh, where's your bedside manner? You all have to move. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, she said it. She said it a little bit softer. She no, used, no, she, she used said more it, words. <laughs> just because she said it more feminine does not mean she said it softer. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the only reason I said that. <laughs> so there was something there, but whatever. Sure. Um, Can I interject? Because yeah. in this part, there is actually, she says something that made me think of Return of the Jedi. She said that nothing in this area could take down the legs of the ATST. They have to train them. That she could that they had nothing that could actually take down. So they had to dig a hole to do that, which is where they dug the hole in the little pond area. But if you go back to Return of the Jedi, little itty bitty Ewoks with <laughs> sticks and stones can take down an ATST. And, they had logs. Whatever. They had do you remember forest. the logs that came from both sides and took the head out? That was amazing. They lived next to a forest. Yeah, I know. They weren't there, though. They the didn't point is you have a bunch of capable people living in the middle of nowhere with, with weapons, but they mm-hmm. can't take down an ATSD. The Mandalorian says you can't take down this ATSD, but a bunch of Ewoks could. That's the point. No, Again. No, actually, it, it, actually, she said that, and then he says, unless we tr- unless we teach them. I just I don't know. That he was the one who said, you know what? Maybe I was thinking the same thing. Why is why is the idea of taking an ATST down so far fetched? We watched a bunch of Ewoks do it. Right. Yeah. Right. We watched Ewoks and we also watched like people from like, you know, like like the rebel the rebel army was also there too. It was more than just them. But they also had like they were the, the Ewoks were fighters. These people are not fighters, they're simple farmers. I think that's what it came down to. Were the Ewoks really fighters? Though? Yeah, they were. They had traps set up. I don't care what you smell. <laughs> what a wonderful smell! What a wonderful smell you've discovered. <laughs> oh no, that was the garbage. That could that's be. So that could. Yeah, be. that was that was that was New Hope. That was the garbage, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that nobody, could be. That's him. He's like, always thinking with your stomach. Those could be <laughs> hunter hunter traps, though. No. Yeah, but still, I mean, regardless, they they were fighting. They had spears. They then they were like, ah, they had sticks. They had they had spears on the end of those sticks. They had sharpened sticks. <laughs> those spears, no, none of those spears touched anything. I know. They didn't do very much. They I they, know. they strung up some. They, they strung up some logs and took they out took a down, head. Like they took they, down about eight empire uh, stormtroopers with rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I completely get where Chuck is coming from on that. The idea yeah. is just like, why is this so ridiculous? We've seen this before yeah. by by lesser capable beings than people. Yeah, and it was only one ATST as opposed to like what three? 
Right. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just that the, like, I think it comes down to, like, we're not, like, they, they are not capable fighters at all. They I was going to say, Grant, they are naive people. They're very naive. They're very, no, no, not so much. Well, yeah, they're naive. They're oblivious. They don't realize what they can do, what they, you know, only one of them can shoot her very well, too. She's really good. So, I mean, she's also, she was also holding an automatic weapon and just kept shooting the same thing. It's like, well, just don't move and you keep hitting it. It really, ma- it really <laughs> makes me wonder why she can shoot so well when everybody else is terrible. Like when they're they all standing there and the, they're in the, exactly, they're in the line and they're mm. all shooting and they're all just, they're, sh- they're shooting like stormtroopers. They're just missing their target. But then all of a sudden you have her and it's like, ping, ping, ping. She hits every shot she shoots. It's like, why are you so good at this? Where did you come from? Well, Who like I said, you? if you find the first shot and it's an automatic weapon, just don't move. <laughs> not that easy it's not no I'm, okay whatever i've always been a good good shot yeah so hey maybe we can train them <laughs> and it just cuts to this this mulan training montage which <laughs> they might as well have had the song too be a man you flood the street of a <laughs> whatever they could have done that it was basically the exact same thing let's take these sticks Hey, your stick is backwards. Oh, there, I'm there dumb. Were, there, <laughs> were, there, were points, there were points in this and the action scene that were like so 80s. Okay, yeah. the, the, the oh, training yeah. montage and then one of the fight scenes uh, a little bit towards the end. It was just like this. What year is it? What am I watching? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. for like, but, and this is this is a really bad comparison. But for a second there, I felt like I was watching like some some cross between you know Rocky training and Commando, and I didn't know <laughs> what <laughs> I didn't know what to make of it. It was just like okay, all right, here we go. Oh my god, when he puts the when for, for example when they march further in and they get into one of their the, your orcs one of their little huts. And he sticks yeah. the bomb on the side. And it's yep. like, they're really, they're really dragging the time here. This is something out of an 80s film where it's like, the bomb doesn't go off when it should. Or you have the countdown and it says five seconds. And then two minutes later, it says two seconds. Like, come on, really? Like, that's well, exactly no, no, no. There's what multiple I felt settings. Like there's multi- multiple settings on the timers. He set the timer. Does it, does, I mean... Anything like that, you don't just pop it and you're done. Like it's obviously something you set. It's a dial. We hear it. The thing is, we hear it counting down, and we see it counting right. down. And then, right. like when it should be at the end, when there are like two dots, way more time had passed than previous. Two dots. There's no you dots. You didn't see it. Was it? A flashing red light. No. There were dots. No, there were dots was, counting it was, it down. Was ticking. Oh, was there do- Oh, yeah. I was looking. I didn't see it. Okay. It was counting down like beep, 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 and then it would get faster and faster, and then the dots yeah. would count down. I don't know how many dots were on there, but it was like, I don't know, six, seven, mm. whatever. And then you look, and there were three. And then you look again, and there were two. And then you look again, yeah, and there yeah, was yeah. one. And it's like, okay, it should have blown up by now. What's going on? And then they just have this drawn-out <laughs> fight scene, and it's like, that thing mm. should have gone off like a minute ago. What's happening right yeah, now? That's yeah, what I mean that. by it, it felt so <laughs> 80s. I loved it. It, it. it hit the nostalgia feel for me a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's ridiculous. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then the explosion, the the moment they break through the back door. Yeah. Then it blows up. So convenient. Yeah. I like I like the whole, it's like, I'll cover you. He, he looks over, a couple, a couple holes went through the wall, and he's like, that's a good idea. So shoots more holes, and then he's like, I'll cover you. Dive through that wall. And then she did. I'm like, oh, cool. 
Yeah. All right, that worked. That that was perfect. Just just enough to to cut through and you know not kill yourself running into a, a wooden wall. Just one second. Can we talk about why they're all drinking? Um, Spot glowing drink? no glowing grape drink. Grape drink. It looked grape. It looked it looked purple, <laughs> and I'm like, that's something. That's something grape. Why is it glowing? I saw blue. I don't know why you keep thinking it's grape. It's glowing blue milk. Let's just call it glowing blue milk. Why are they drinking glowing blue milk? I imagine it like some type of alcohol. There's a and vat that's what they of were it. Hanging out drinking. There's like this. There's like these two. Giant there were multiple vats, vats of, of it, stuff. and they were also serving that at the pub earlier on. Was it glowing? It. Oh yeah. I don't remember it at the pub. Yeah, it wasn't just them. That's a that's a common drink. I'm like, I thought that was spotchka. Ah. I assumed it, I assumed it was. I thought it was Romulan Which Ale. would make sense that they're making spot, spotchka if it's something that's made out of the krill. That's also a glowing shrimp. Mm. Then, yeah. <laughs> it would make sense to me. I thought it was Romulan Ale. Romulan Ale? Yeah, it's Great. actually a bright blue hmm. glowing Oh, I forgot. Drink. We have a Star Trek fan in our midst. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm one of the rare few that actually like pulp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a like Star at Wars all. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually, I was at um, Five Below. Not Five Below. Jeez. I was at Big Lots earlier today, and they had Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, like a two-pack on Blu-ray, five bucks. Mm. I was like, wow. Mm. I'll get that for five bucks. I mean, I would. I had five bucks. But you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. You know why? Because <laughs> I don't like Star Trek. No, I like I like the new ones. I, they, <laughs> no, Star Trek. I'll be honest. Abrams did a great job with those movies. He did. Um, he he did something that uh, I didn't expect would happen. He got a Star Wars fan to actually appreciate a little bit of Star Trek lore, and and from that, I started watching the older films. And a couple of the older episodes, just to kind of see. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's not horrible. It's just that I, I think when you when you have something with that many episodes or that many spinoffs, it's like, okay, you're just there's going to be a bunch of duds. I liked Star Wars because Star Wars only had like six movies. Crazy piece of information, though: the original Star Trek, mm-hmm. longest three seasons, mm-hmm. never been off air since it's been on air the first time. Mm. Also interesting episode, or thing about the first episode, is there is no Shatner. It's about Pike, isn't it? The first episode was actually, actually um, what was his name? Pike. Yeah, the first episode was about Pike, but it was him, how he transitions into giving the ship to yeah. Kirk. But yeah. Right. So that's I'm, Star Trek. I'm that's so lost. That's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so anyway, the Mandalorian. So this is this is the part that I was really wanted to get at, and it was funny because I paused, I paused it last or yeah, last night or two nights ago. My wife walks in, she goes, "What are you watching, Terminator?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I can see how you think this is Ter- Terminator," but um, they th- they thing they jump out, the thing blows up, and then we get the entrance of the ATST. Which I don't care what anybody says, this is totally reminiscent of when we first see Obadiah Stane's Iron Man suit in the first Iron Man. Really? It's dark. Oh yeah. It's dark, and then we just see eyes glow and then this thing just like tower over them slowly. 
was like, whoa. See, I just thought it was cool because it had red eyes. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. Are you calling it eyes? Those are windows, by the way. (laughs) They're eyes. I'm calling them eyes. I don't care if they're windows. They're eyes. Red eyes, they're cool. Okay, it pops up. Really cool eyes. Got it. And pops up, comes up. He's all covered in mud. I'm like, okay, this ATST looks awesome. You know, how do you find this? How do you make this thing that we saw that looked really goofy and weird, like some kind of, you know, half a chicken, you know, robot? Uh, make it look cool. Well, make it dirty and give it red eyes. Well, that that does it. I think that'll do it. Good job. So it starts chasing them and running through. Now the weird thing about the ATST in this, it's it almost seemed like it was like looking around like it was sentient. You know, like I, I the way it looks, it looks like it's it's a robot itself. Kind of, you know, with some kind of AI in it. Yeah. So you forget that there's somebody inside, and at, at no point in this episode do you ever see whoever's inside come out. So, nope. I just thought that was weird the way they do it. They they really give this, like you said, red eyes. They make it look like it is a being itself, not just a weapon that's being run by somebody else. So, interesting little little take on that. They're doing but, um, they're doing a really good job of setting up other things too that I've become curious about. Like, how did they get this? How, how did yeah. these how did these yeah. orcs who sit around drinking glowing blue stuff, Brought you know, them. come into the possession of an ATST? The same way the leader of the village knows how to shoot, tied somewhere because she has skills. The ATST is around. That means, at least in my opinion, that. The Imperial Army was there at one point in time or another. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Maybe. And I like if it. The his friend is also, you know, from the Reb from the rebellion. Yeah. You know, she obviously has skills too. Um, so now there's a three way thing going on here that we really don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I like. That. I mean, we're only four episodes into this episode, and I, f- I mean, into this series, and I feel like we're a season in already. There's so much that's been going on. It's like it's really cool. Yeah, but I just I feel like that we're not going to get any answers to those questions because they're not important to what's going on right now, which I really don't have a yeah. problem with. I'm just hoping like if there's, you know, in the coming seasons two, three, four, I just hope that they go back and like explore some of this because there's a lot there to dive into. So. I don't know if you read more about this, but are we explaining? Are we are we expecting four seasons? I no 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 no. I'm that's just an example. Like if we if you get season two, three, or four, whatever, however many seasons we right, end right, up right. getting of this thing, I really hope they go back and explore some of these avenues that they've opened up. You have this woman who knows how to shoot. You have these orcs who are in possession of an ATST. How did any of this happen? Why why are they right. there? It's just little questions that you know they could really clean up if they uh if they go back yeah. and explore some of these things i think that would be really cool and, and all it takes is just a one line or two yeah <clears throat> that could yeah. explain everything <laughs> we could talk about one-liners all day yeah <laughs> like, i know good thing good thing you gave me this adamantium <laughs> oh man i just oh so many things can be explained with one line they just did it oh moving on <laughs> so the whole point right now is their their goal is to get the ATST to fall into the moat. Um, all right, let's get him over there. Up, oh, he looks down, looks around. No, I'm not falling into that. Hey, you guys tried to trick me. <laughs> Whatever. 
Um, okay, they fight. They have this big fight back and forth. She jumps into the moat, shoots at the thing, distracts it. It still falls into the moat. Now, wouldn't you think at that point the thing would back off a little bit more? <laughs> no. I'm surprised. I'm didn't. surprised. I was surprised when it fell into the moat. I was like, oh, it yeah. was smart. They have to find another way to destroy this thing. Okay, cool. Right, and no, that's not what happened. Like, I don't even know what... I think it was just her being a, a you know live bait, I being so close to it, and he had to move to get to her. But still, I thought that was kind of a cheap you know a cop out here. It's like, but but that wouldn't happen. That she's so close that the ATST has to move its position to get a good angle on her, which doesn't make sense because the ATST knows that moving forward is gonna it's gonna fall. Do we do okay? So you keep saying that we don't know what the ATST knows or doesn't know. So I wouldn't jump to that assumption, but it's well, definitely guess. it's definitely implied that it does not want to step into this moat water, right? What, what whatever it thinks that, that it is. But I do agree with you. It is kind of cheap at the end of it when it finally okay. I guess I will step forward. Doop do 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 do. Oh no! No, there's been a, there's been a lot of movies I've seen where it's like. That's it? That's what you came up with for an ending there? Like, I thought that you were going to be smarter and go somewhere else with it because it showed that you were for a second. Oh, no, you're just going to do it anyway. All right. Mm. Moving on. Thing falls in, right? There we go. Throw the grenade in in there. Thing pops up. Orcs are like, all right, sorry, peace. I mean, with how 80s this episode felt to me, I was expecting it to fall and just explode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, actually, when it fell, it it did actually... Uh, it did. Blew there up was. It, it was like it, it went, went, went poof a little bit. Like I like some yeah. sparks flew. Like I, I understand that. I, but I was expecting this massive explosion. Like it's gonna fall and just <laughs> blow up. <laughs> well, that's why they threw the grenade in there. But I thought it would have been better if it just blew up. Yeah, that would have been funny. That would have been so funny. <laughs> so little battles over. They're all cool. We cut back to the people like, thank you, thank you, everything's cool. Baby Yoda's over there eating frogs, spitting it back up and making the kids giggle. All right. You know, he's so cute. All right. That's, that's the only time I want to say it this time. <laughs> and then, so they're sitting there talking, and basically it gets down to you realize that a few weeks have actually gone by since they fought. Okay, so he's been there for a few weeks. We cut, we're getting a little bit more of a time frame of what has happened when things have happened here because before we just kind of assume it's always like the same day the next day you know within that those few days but here we get oh they hung out there for a couple of weeks they probably mm. started growing some relationships not just staying there on the porch the whole time and uh and car is basically just saying hey you know why don't you just stay here you know everything seems pretty good you know you can just hang out here and sip spotchka and let the kid you know have a life with other kids and you know how great would that be you know, why don't you stick around? He's like, well, we cost too much of a stir. It's probably going to be an issue. Whatever. So he wants to he wants to leave BY with them, you know, and just be like, okay, hey, you can take care of him, right? Which is the smart move. I think it's the smart move it, to want to leave Baby Yoda behind. Yeah, if there weren't people trying to find him. Well, he doesn't <laughs> know that yet. He doesn't know that yet. He thinks that everything is kind of cool. That's why I but like that they kind of jump forward. They, that's why I like that they kind of jump <laughs> forward in time a little bit. He stuck around long enough to kind of make sure that everything was going to be okay and that nobody right, was coming right. and nobody was following them. And now it's like, okay, now I can leave. I mean, he's wise enough to know that he's not really gonna bring any kind of decent life to this kid if he's around he has to go away he's too much 
it, it sounds simple, but he's too much drama. There's way too right. much going on in this person's life for him to actually care for anybody else in at that magnitude for a long period of time. Right. So right. I, I Which, like that he wanted to leave him behind and kind of, you know, you're safe, you're here, these people will love you and take care of you and bring you upright. I'm going to go back and live my life. I like that he comes to this decision. Well, here's one thing that kind of has bummed me out about, I hate to say this, all four episodes so far, is he could have done this... <clears throat> four or five or six times in this episode is he could have used at least once the, the infamous star Wars line of, I have a bad feeling about this <laughs> has not been used once in all four episodes. He could have used it a handful of times in this episode and it would have fit perfectly. And I'll be honest, the entire episode as I'm watching things progress, I was hoping I would have heard something along those lines. You could have just said it yourself, and I got a bad feeling about this, just so you heard it. Well, no. Because I mean, you did, right? <laughs> As you're seeing things happen. Yeah, I, I maybe, you know, I wouldn't put it past Favreau for, you know, wanting to throw it in there at some point. But if if all they did was just throw a bunch of, like, cheesy lines that we're going to throw back to the original, originals. Well, it's in... All ten movies so far. Who says it in Rogue One? The robot? The the, the droid says it yeah, yeah, in yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, I love him. He was awesome. No. Alan Tudyk's the man. Yeah. The the Imperial droid says it uh, in Rogue One. Yeah. We'll probably see it, maybe. I mean, we'll see I think it's the same thing. I think he, feel, he feels the same way that I felt when I was ready to hear John Williams score when Baby Yoda uh, lifted up that mud hole. Oh, like, it, it's, it's one of those things. And it's something I completely agree with this. I think there should be, there should be some more callbacks. I mean, mm. I'm in the minority when I say that I did not like Force Awakened, but everybody else did. I... I'm the kind of person that looked at that movie and said, no, this is just a rehash of New Hope, but everybody else you're loved not, it because You're not it was, the only person. A ton of people it was, are like that. I, you're you're I, a part of the majority. I know, No, I'm not. We're not a part of the minority. My majority when we say that. There's a lot of people out there on the internet. There's a lot of people out there who, you, you know, troll places like Reddit and IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes who absolutely love that movie, who hate us for thinking that way. See, I'm see, I'm split 50-50. I, I agree with you in the fact that it is basically a repeat of A New Hope. Um, but what I like about it is it brought back the feel of the original Star Wars. Yeah. Because when they did episodes one, two, and three, they destroyed that feeling. And then when Forrest Wiggins came out, you kind of got that feeling back. So I think, for me, that's the part I liked. Um, but, you know, they could have done a different storyline versus A New Hope, but just replacing the Empire with... Um, the, the new order. The new order. Yeah. yeah. That's all they did. I just, I, I I get it. I get why a lot of people love that movie. I get all the callbacks. For me, it was just one too many, just one after another. Here, having a line like, I have a bad feeling about this, it would be cool in this setting because it feels so different from everything else the Star Wars have done, but it's still within that right. universe. I wouldn't have mm. a problem with that at all. I don't think right. that would be reaching. I don't think that would be too far. I'm just thinking, like, if they do it, it doesn't have to be the fourth episode or the first four episodes. It could be anywhere. It could show up anywhere in this season or 
theories. Yeah. Depending on how far they go with it. But I um, the brilliance of Favreau. Yeah. I mean, so so far things have, have gone really well. There's a couple of things we would like to see as fans, and that's because we love, you know, everything else we've seen, before, you know, leading up to this. But so far, I, I, I'm almost thinking that, that right now we're just trying to find something wrong with this series. I'm not trying to find anything wrong with this series. I'm more saying that I agree with Chuck when I want little things to come up, not because I'm looking for something wrong with this series. I'm saying that because I want to see how John Favreau handles it. Mm-hmm. I want to see the way that he would do it because for him doing this right now, it's sending a message. <laughs> I mean, to who, who's the guy who's doing uh, the JJ uh, Abrams. It's sending a clear message to those who are higher up at Disney, who are producing these movies that no, you're doing the wrong thing. We want something a little bit better. He's doing it yeah. better. He's doing a yeah. better job of something that you should be excelling at. No, that's not, I'm not looking for anything wrong. I nitpick here and there on, on stupid things. Like I think, you know, the cutesy baby Yoda at the beginning of this movie, that's a little bit over the top for me, but I get it. Fine. Whatever. I'll let it go. But out of four episodes, I'm not going to sit here and complain about baby Yoda pressing a button. That's just ridiculous. Well, we get to this point here where we start looking and we're like, all right, well, what's going to happen? And we pop up. It's like, is he going to leave the baby there? She could take off his helmet. What's going on? And then we realize, oh, well, there's the tracker. Somebody's out in the woods with the tracker and they're still tracking BY. Mm-hmm. So he pops up, um, is waiting for, you know, Mando's helmet to come off so he can shoot him in the head. Like, okay, this guy's got a clear shot. Be perfect. And then. Helmet stays on. Okay, switches over to BY. We're like, oh, great. What's going to happen here? And we think, like, does BY know what's going on? Is he going to turn around and, like, you know, throw this guy out into the woods or what? Um, Or is he just not going to know and then he gets shot or a kid gets shot and it makes a big deal? No. (laughs) Cara Dune pops up, takes him out. We still don't know that after we hear the gunshot. Like, what just happened? Where'd the the shot go? Oh, okay, just her. She took him out. She goes, yeah, they're going to keep on coming. It's you should probably pick him up and you know get going. Okay, I love I love that this happened. Oh yeah, I like, love hey, that this happened. You thought for a second here that you could just like lay low and and just do whatever. Nope, <laughs> you got a lot going on here. We're only halfway through this season. Right. Let's 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 uh, see what happens in the next few episodes. So looks over there, baby. You know he says sorry. I gotta go, and she's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> You know, people are out here trying to come kill you. Kill yeah, okay, that makes sense. Baby Yoda has his little be good moment with the kids and uh, says goodbye, hop on their little cart, and uh, there they go. Why is the cart... Here's, here's, here's something I'm going to ask. Why is the cart, as it's moving away, it's hovering, right? Yeah. It's hovering uh-huh. like everything else, but it's yep. shaking like a wagon on a dirt road. Am I the only one that noticed that? Maybe nope. maybe it's just a setting. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of give you that old-timey feel. It's I thought it was a really cool touch. Like, oh, it's shaking like it's a wagon on a dirt road. Cool. But then I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's hovering. Why is it shaking like a wagon on a dirt well, road? Well, I mean, it is a dirt road, so maybe it's hovering. And if you think about what hovering would be, it's it's... Um, keeping a certain distance between you and the ground underneath you. And if the ground underneath you is uneven, 
then wouldn't it shake and rock a little bit? I don't think that much. Huh? I don't think I mean, that much. Yeah. Which I have to laugh, which brings me back to the first scene when you see the two of them on the wagon going into the town. Right. It made me laugh because you see the Mandalorian kind of like put lay back and put his hands behind his head and just rest. Yeah. And, and then it pans Yoda. over to Baby Yoda doing the exact same thing. Yeah, and I was like, "That's pretty funny. I like that." <laughs> and that's they're they're giving they're building that relationship between Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're creating a bond. Yeah, they're they're furthering the bond. Which to my last my last question for the the very end when you hear the gunshot go off, the part that kind of stuck to me. Was when you hear the gunshot, it sounds like a gunshot, like a real gun, like a real gun, and yeah. not like a blaster that you would see in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, right. Which that was noticed. Yeah, that to me, you, you, there's a very distinct sound that their guns, their blasters make. That a real gun is very different. Right, and it sounds like she's shooting an actual bullet from a gun. No, I think the way they did that and maybe why they did it is, you know, we hear pew, 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 pew all the time. If we hear something like a gunshot, we go, somebody just died. And that's supposed to instill fear into us. So one big thing that's amazing in cinema or really anything in, in, you know, film, cinema, TV, whatever, um, is audio pretty much makes everything. Like you can watch a movie Try to watch a silent film, you know, totally silent, no audio whatsoever. Try to watch a horror movie, any horror movie that's ever come out, and watch that with no audio. It's going to be super boring and not give you the same effect. Right. So I think what they did here was they used that and and said, you know what, let's make this gunshot sound like something horrible just happened to really make you think, did Baby Yoda just get shot? Did Baby Yoda just get shot in four episodes? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Just a bounty hunter. Whew. You know, like that was, it was simple, it was effective, and I think that was the whole point. If you just heard a pew, like you wouldn't jump. The birds wouldn't wouldn't go away. I do think it was a little cheap to replace the sound of a blaster with the sound of a gun just for dramatic effect. Mm. I think that could have been done a little bit smarter. I don't know how, I don't know the answer to that question, but like if your sole purpose of replacing the sound of a blaster that we've been listening to for the entire episode... <laughs> with with a gunshot just for that feel, just for that dramatic effect. There are other ways that you can go about that. They pulled it off with Han Solo when he's sitting in the bar and he shoots the guy under the table. Yeah. And we've been arguing about who shot first ever since. So uh, well, only Han <laughs> shot. So. Exactly. Only Han yeah. shot. So I mean it was funny because you said this is your favorite episode so far. Um, and when you said that, I was like, really? Because it's probably my least favorite episode. Um, I'd say it's my least favorite episode because maybe, maybe the shock factor is gone for me right now. Um, Mm -hmm. the first one, it was like IG-88 and Baby Yoda. Whoa. You know, second one, it was that amazing, like train chase scene, you know, where they, where they had the, um, the sand crawler flying off, you know, and then the third episode, we have him go in there like gunslinging and just taking people out. And he's like, I'm going to save this kid, you know, and then then the ending. And then, of course, like the ending ending where the all the Mandalorians come down. It's like, whoa, so much. And this one was kind of a lull as far as action, as far as adventure and running around. 
definitely a lull in that. So I don't know if you guys did this last week, um, but if you want to do a Iron Man kind of throwback, oh, with all the oh, I went off coming I, in. I went off. About oh, you this. know he did. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> okay. He's like, this is Iron Man. Then he's flying next to the ship, and he's like, ha ha. He's like. That's I Will was so upset. He's like, Favreau, come on. We know you did Iron Man. Back off. <laughs> we get it. All right. It You're was awesome. So, Stop it was, rubbing it in our face. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly that's exactly where I was. I was so upset. I was not happy. <laughs> right. Because yeah, wasn't he flying next to the ship at the end too? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was yep. saying this too. Did I don't know if you heard it. The uh, Mandalorian with the uh, with the machine gun, the big giant the big machine guy, the gun. one he was fighting with, right? The one that was next to him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, online he has been tagged as Ham, uh, the heavy artillery Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so he's known as Ham. <laughs> that, that is the That's official name. name. <laughs> so, I mean, just like Baby Yoda, like, there's, there's Mando, because we don't have a name for him. There's Baby Yoda, which, I mean, I'm off social media, so I don't know what's going on out there right now and what people are calling what, because I just don't pay attention to it anymore because I'm not online all the time. So I'm doing everything totally blind. You know, I watch the episode, then we talk. That's pretty much the the most I know about anything else outside of it. But um, apparently everybody else is calling him Baby Yoda, too. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're yeah, all on the same much. page. Everybody's <laughs> on the same page. Yeah, but yeah, that 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 ending last week. <laughs> I went off about that. I was not uh, happy. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah but this did. is one of my favorite episodes, not because because it wasn't. It didn't need the action, and it didn't need the big reveal to still be compelling. We got a lot of character development, especially when it comes to the Mandalorian this week. Um, right. We learn about what his motivations are. We don't mm-hmm. really learn why he's decided to protect this baby Yoda. All we know is that he is, and. Nothing is going to come in between him and doing that. He's going right. to do whatever he has to do, including potentially putting other people in harm's way, which I yep. think is really smart not to just completely suck all of the values, I'll call them, that were instilled in him from the time that he put on the helmet. He's still carrying right. all of those around with him to complete his mission and his job regardless of what obstacles stand in his way, and he's not going to go out of his way to um, protect or save anybody who he doesn't have to. Right. I think that's, I think, I just think that's really cool. This is not, I like, I like stories where the main character isn't cut and dry. Good guy, bad guy. No, give me somebody who's a little bit more gray, and this is teetering on that line. He's kind of goes, he kind of goes, off base, but still keeps what he's been taught at hand. Exactly. Kind of yep. like the cleric on Equilibrium. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to keep on going back to that. Yeah. Of course we are. I'm yeah. the only one who likes the movie, so. No, I, th- I, think the, I think to answer your question, I think it's a simple answer. I think for me, just from my perception so far, the fact that Baby Yoda saved his life in Episode Two, mm. I think he's like, okay, why would this little creature save my life? And I think now he has like some debt of gratitude for him or something. And it could just be as simple as that. At that point, when he um, saved his life with the mud horn, that 
I chump that up to just, you know, a survival tactic. Like, if mm-hmm. I lose this person who's bringing me somewhere or protecting me right now, what am I going to do? Right. That's kind of the way that I saw that. So maybe there is a debt of gratitude there. I, I don't know. That's well, the way he I, was saving the, his. He was saving Baby Yoda's life in Episode Two because of the payoff, yeah, the bounty. Right. But now that he's got his bounty, he went back and rescued Baby Yoda. Now there's a difference, and I think it. I think his, his, his pathway to finding himself, his his new humanity, started when Baby Yoda saved his life. Okay. Yeah. Because Baby Yoda had no reason to save his life. Hmm. Whereas he had a reason to save Baby Yoda's life, so now it's not because of a payoff or a bounty, but now there's it's a deeper there's a deeper meaning behind it. Yep. But that's still, just that's just my perception. I'm still sticking with my uh, my theory that the only reason why he's protecting this Baby Yoda is because of something force related. There, there's nothing else going on that would suggest that he would be doing this out of the kindness of his heart. Right. Like, it's almost like... It's mm. almost like he's just compelled to do it without any reason. That's what makes it suspicious to me. Like, I'm gl- like I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy for him because there is some... There is some humanity coming out. We do see him in this episode. Like, he, he almost lets this woman take his mask off. And he is teetering on, maybe I should just stay here and live a normal life. Like, that is yeah. entering into his head. But the whole protect baby Yoda part, it just it just feels like there's, n- there's no... There's no reason. There's no reason why he would want to do this. There has to be something else... I, I'm going to call it force-related that's making this happen. It's the only thing that I can think that remotely makes sense. And if you can't see it, it's Star Wars. There is this thing called the Force. Anything is possible. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening to us go off for uh, a real long tangent tonight. Um, it was worth it tonight, though. Yeah, it was fun. Good stuff. All right, thanks, Chuck, for joining us. Thanks for having me again. And thanks, everybody, for listening. 